One stormy night in a small sleepy town of Atchison, Kansas, the deafening collapse of thunder almost drowned out the pleading knocks of a frantic mother whose daughter fell ill in the night. As the doctor opens the door, the mother rushes in holding the limp body of her daughter, begging him to help. The doctor clears an area on his table and explains to the mother that there isn't much time to waste. His quick diagnosis is her appendix has burst, and the only way to save her is to operate. The little girl's eyes dart back and forth from her mother into the strange man prepping for surgery. Dizzy, weak, and in excruciating pain, she holds her mother close and sobs in her chest. Her mother comforts her and reassures that everything will be fine. The doctor then tries to put the little girl under with some sort of general anesthesia, but in his rush, fails to completely knock her out. As he begins his incision, the girl screams in agonizing pain and reaches for her mother. Before her outreached hands could touch her mother, she goes limp. The surgery is botched from the get-go. The last thing the poor little girl sees is a man with a knife who is covered in her blood and cutting into her abdomen. Her name was Sally. Oh. Or at least that's how the story goes. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I wasn't even there. Not much is known about the tragic incident that night, but it's been told over and over throughout the years. Many people do believe something like this happened. Others have their own theories and beliefs. So join me as I discuss the hauntings of the Sally House in Ashton, Kansas. Fuck, that was rough. It took me 12 times to record that intro. I don't know if it's the nerves. My belly did not read good. Or the Bud Light Mango Ritas I've been drinking. I don't know. You pick one. I don't know. I'm going to go towards the Mango Ritas. But yeah, that's it. The Sally House here in Natchez, Kansas. That's where I'm from. That's where I record the End Zone show. It is in the very haunted, very beautiful Atchison, in Kansas. Um, every house or every other house is haunted in town. That's what they say. Um, I've been in a couple places. It's pretty crazy. Um, I'll say that. They have about... 12 strong stories here that they repeated over and over and over throughout the years. So, uh, good for them. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, so, yeah, it's been a while since you guys heard from me. Before I was doing the End Zone Live on YouTube, it was kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie to you. And my schedule is crazy with work, kids, um, my business I have with doing home inspections. Um, I just couldn't commit to a particular night to do it. And also the idea and the format that I wanted to do for the end zone show with having a guest host, um, it was very hard, harder to find people that would actually want to be on the show, um, or work around their schedule, I guess. Um, so I figured I would do it this way. I would release a weekly episode and I would dive into a particular set of paranormal weird or something odd and tonight it's the sally house so tomorrow or next week who knows who knows what's gonna be i'll probably take a poll on twitter and facebook to see what you guys want to um what you guys like to hear about i have a couple ideas um to me the villisca x murder house is kind of number one um i will be there next week uh spending the night my first time there so i'm pretty pumped about that um so that to me is kind of like the top of the charts but again this show is for you guys so I want to put it on the poll. Um, Melvin Manor is definitely up there with one of them. Some of the other ones, um, more Ashton things, and then just some more, uh, I guess, 
really well nationally well-known things um, <clears throat> as far as the paranormal things. But, again, want to hear from you. So go ahead and email me, endzoneshow at gmail.com. You can also call me at 913-674-9284. You can leave a voicemail. You can text me. You can send pictures. I've already established I'm probably going to get some weird, probably nasty photos. Um, so just get that out of the way. You know, it's going to happen. There's there's people out there that that's what they do. And I'm pretty sure Jason Koopsik, I'm calling you out, Jason Koopsik at the Ectoplasm Show, one of the good one of good friends. And I've also called in a couple times on their show as well. Um, he'll probably send me some goofy stuff as well. But, um, yeah, Vlixcast Murder House, this week, or not this week, yeah, it's coming week. I'm not going to tell you what day exactly. I don't want any uh, crazies banging on the door while I'm there. Um, also, I want to remind you guys about October 27th in El Cater, Iowa, the Many Faces Paranormal, or Many Faces uh, Bed and Breakfast, um, uh, what was it, Paranormal Event. First annual is, is going up there. Um, I was asked to be a uh, guest speaker, um, so I am heading up that way Friday night after work, staying the night there, heading back on, oh, well, it'll be Sunday evening, I guess. Yeah, I'll stay up there for the whole weekend. Um, but if you haven't heard, look it up on Facebook, and I'm not sure if they have any Twitter access or not. I know they have uh, Instagram. Um, I just wrote down many faces. Well, you know what? I'll post it on my Facebook and Twitter account as well. Um, but Josh Hurd, uh, David Glidden, uh, Chris Case, um, Charles Anthony, Short Bus Paranormal. I know I'm forgetting some, and I apologize. I mean, people, I don't even hold a light to. I mean, these guys are paving the way for the paranormal. For guys, excuse me, got the burps. Got the old burps. They are paving the way for people like you and I. Um, I mean, they're doing great things. If you haven't heard, I mean, Josh Hurd, another guy, phenomenal work. I mean, David Glidden, phenomenal work. Chris Case doing his photography on his on online, and he's the, um, I'll probably mess this up. I think he's a social media director for Vidispace. They all work for Vidispace or work uh, do some sort of work, Vidispace work. Um, great things. I mean, check them out. I mean, really, I'll, again, on my... On my sites, I'll post for them, too, so you guys can take a look at them. Um, and I will be posting on Anchor.com, which is uh, something I found. Basically, I post my podcast on Anchor.com as a platform. You can find me on Anchor.com. Um, I'll also post a link there as well. But they will also um, push my broadcast to like iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, so we're gonna see how that works out for a little bit before I, if I need to jump ship and go somewhere else, um, yeah. So hopefully it works out. Again, I'm new to this, so bear with me a little bit. Um, but yeah, let's jump back in the Sally house. So uh, you know what gives? What happened in Sally's house? The surgery gone wrong? A little girl? Or she the reason for the whole paranormal activity? Um, you know, some claim that it, it is even a spirit of a little girl at all, but it's a demon that resides there. Yeah, demon. We're going right to demon. Don't you love it how in every haunting, there's a group of people as quick as go, Demon! It's just demon. Everything's demon. Everything's dark. There's, there's there's no such thing as ghosts anymore. It's just demonic. Now, it can be a ghost if you have a one-time incidence where, 
oh, I'm making chocolate milk, and uh, I saw my, my Nana, who died two years ago, and she's in the kitchen. I saw her float pie. So that's a ghost. But if it goes national, it's on TV, there's always demonic. It has to be demonic. That's the rule, guys. It has to be demonic. I mean, we're jumping straight to demonic for things that... I mean, there, there isn't even there's not even a gray area anymore. It's it's either ghost or demonic. Yeah, there's not even ghost anymore. It seems like it's just straight demonic. So one of the things that I often get asked is, was the house in question even a doctor's house? So digging back to the archives, yes, it was a doctor's office. Or I'm sorry, not a doctor's office. A doctor did live there. Did he have offers there? Hours there? Not to my recollection, not that I can find in any document that he had any doctor's office hours there. His doctor office was actually, oh, I don't have the exact address. It's on 4th and Commercial, I believe. Um, so, you know, five blocks away. There's no evidence that says he even saw patients there. Um, so, but it, but it was Dr. Uh, Charles C. Finney who is the one that is said to have botched the surgery, who, and who only lived there. There's only one doctor that lived there the entire time, so Dr. Charles C. Finney. He lived for a few years. Now, the Finney family owned the house, and the house right next to it to the north for many years. They actually built the house. The Finney family did. Um, but it wasn't likely he saw any patients there. So we're looking at a short window of time when he actually lived there, and we're putting that you know, to, to where this mother came with her daughter, Sally, and he botched a, a, a surgery. Um... I, that, and, you know, so the story came about with, uh, you know, I, and, and trust me, I believe I have a group of psychic, you know, to me, I believe if you can prove to me, I, I how am I going to say this? So paranormal, you have to have an open mind about everything, right? You have to have an open, open mind about everything, just about. So when it comes to the fact of psychics, there's a lot of people who say, I'm psychic, I'm this, I'm that, I have, I have powers. Or whatever. So I put my guard up a little bit until they can prove to me otherwise. So I've had, in my experience, there's a handful of people who have proved to me, like, oh shit, yeah, they are the real deal. You know, like, fuck, how they know that shit. Excuse my language, kind of, not really, but fuck. My show, right? But anyhow, they, they really, they, they do prove that they do have some sort of gift. Um, so that's how the Sally deal came about it was peter james who's a well-known psychic back in the early 90s mid 90s um i mean if you don't know that recognize that name google him you'll recognize the picture probably you probably saw him if you're familiar with anything in the early 90s um he kind of looks like albert einstein a little bit but he saw a little girl in the house that's the name he dubbed her um and that's the name that everybody goes for or, or calls it now from the early 90s to, to present. It's a Sally House. It's known as a Sally House. Not the Pickman House, not the Atchison House, not the Demon Fluffy Foo-Foo Scratch House or whatever. It's the Sally House. We're going off basically um, what a psychic picked up in the mid-90s. Um, you know, another thing is, was anything even remotely terrifying ever take place there besides the actual hauntings? Like, was there something there that happened that caused the haunting, like a murder, an accident, untimely death, and you know there was deaths there. It's a home that was built in the late 1800s, um, but it's all of natural of known illnesses, and you know people have yet to be pinpointed as a reason for the haunting. So the people that actually died in the house are not people that have been seen. 
or pointed to as the reason for the hauntings. Um, so it's, it's just a really wild deal that we have the Sally House with undocumented, unbacked up information here going forward and saying that uh, a little girl has is causing the hauntings of this house um, in correlation with a demon. So hand in hand, this little girl and demon, and at some point, another elderly woman and an elderly We'll, we'll jump down the rabbit hole. I mean, guys, this, it gets kind of wild as, as the years go by. But um, the house was built by the Finney family in the late 1800s. Um, the one that we're in question here in, in Atchison, Kansas, uh, and the one right north of it. So they're both built by the fam Finney family. Um, and like I said, Charles C. Finney lived in the house for a few years at least. Um, but again, I don't have any records of him even seeing patients in his house. Um, so the story in question, or not in question, but the, the biggest one, um, is the story of Tony and Deborah Pickman, um, in the early nineties. So if you guys remember this, if you are young enough, the show called Sightings, it was kind of the show that paved the way, um, for the paranormal, I guess. Um, so before the paranormal and everything used to be kind of taboo-ish a little bit. So if you had a uh, ghost in your house or you thought you had something paranormal in your house you kind of kept it hidden you kind of just uh, you know didn't tell anybody about it because it was a little bit taboo everybody would just think you're crazy so in the early 90s we kind of got an influx of people you know talking and and uh, you know exploring the idea that they might have something in their house um, TV shows coming about unsolved mysteries sightings other shows like that um, they got word of Tony and Deborah Pickman's uh, story, and they came to Atchison a few times, actually. Um, so they moved into their new home. It fell by eight, oh, excuse me, 508 North 2nd Street here in Atchison in the winter of 1992. Uh, they didn't notice anything at first, and they began to notice random cold spots throughout the house and experienced lights flickering and dimming, which, if you ever lived in an old house, and especially during the winter, I mean... It's not the most consistent thing. I mean, you're going to have weird stuff. I mean, they're very drafty. Um, the electric, most times, have not been updated. Um, and again, they played these incidents off of the, and chalked up to being an old house. So, as time went by, odd things started happening around the house. Um, things would move around untouched. Things would disappear. Some items would even fly across the room. And eventually, Tony would start to experience scratches and other strange markings mysteriously appearing on his body. Um, and to note... So the, once the things were happening in the house, the family didn't just say, paranormal demon, you know, as everybody does nowadays. I mean, everybody just jumps on the paranormal demon side. They were trying to ration it out. Tony came from a very religious family in town, uh, a very um, well-known family in town, I might say. Um, so the things that he was experiencing and the things that his wife was experiencing in this home with her newborn baby, they would just try to you know, rationalize. Okay, maybe I did put this there. Maybe I didn't do this. Maybe this is happening. Uh, the house is drafty. It's winter time. These cold spots, this and that. You know, play it off. Chalk it up. Yeah, whatever. But um, as time went by, they uh, the thing the thing that really set them off was one night in the nursery where their daughter where their uh, their baby slept. Um, they walked up there and they found the stuffed animals in a circle placed in a circle in the middle of the room, facing outwards. So this is the biggest thing that they've had experience so far before. Like I said, cold spots, flashing lights, um, things going missing and reappearing on different sides of the room. So this one is actually, they walk into their house upstairs, 
and they are stuffed animals placed in a circle and facing out. So at this point, they start to believe, okay, we can't rationalize this. This has to be something paranormal. And that's when things kind of start going downhill for them. I mean, he's having dreams, she's having dreams. And I will say this, you know, Deborah comes from a family where they didn't, it's, it's kind of hard. It's like today, nowadays, everybody has interest in paranormal. So back in the early 90s, her family was more open about it. I mean, they didn't say, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have Google like we do. They didn't have anything easily accessible to them, like books like we do, or podcasts, whatever. I mean, so the paranormal generally piqued their interest, I guess you could say. So when she had these things happen to her, you know, she fed off. She fed it. She was all about it. Let's let's explore it. Let's see what's happening, whatever. Tony, on the other hand, you know, religious family, you know, you know, calculated moves like he's playing a chess game. Let's not do this. Let's let's rationalize this a little bit. Um, things started to get a little hairy and a little crazy there for a little bit. Um, they they often felt that it was just little girls malicious, and then it started feeling a little bit darker. They couldn't pinpoint of exactly who it was. Uh, Tony at some points did feel that it was a an older woman there. He saw an older woman upstairs. Um, Deborah tried to play it off that he was a uh, uh, you know, tired because he did work a lot. Um, that he was just seeing things. Um, but in an, uh, in an interview online, Deborah was asked how she and Tony handled the paranormal situation in the house. She would say, Tony and I actually dealt with the situation in two different ways. I had been interested in the paranormal as a teenager, and I was ecstatic in the situation that I get to experience myself. I just knew that if given the right situation and approach, there could be a real communication between the spirit and the human world, and I was excited for the opportunity to give it a try. Tony, on the other hand, was uh, rather cemented in his religious teachings and beliefs that he was brought up with. That spirits were unnatural occurrences and bad things and sometimes or <coughs> excuse me, bad thing and something to ignore or leave alone. Boy, that was rough for me for some reason. Anywho, the fact that Tony was affected differently because he was having distinctly different and worrisome experiences than I also set us apart from how we dealt with being haunted. Tony almost felt uncomfortable not knowing what was going on or what he was going to hear or see next. I'm not sure I could say I was relaxed comfortably either as I experienced gains momentum. Like I said, I'm just choking over my tongue tonight. Excuse me, guys. I'm, I am kind of dealing with the cold a little bit, so that's not an excuse, but deal with it. I'm not sure I could say that I was relaxed or comfortable either, though. As experience gained momentum, I worried about how our infant would, might be affected by the unseen forces that there were obviously in our home. The fires and such created worry, stress, and unwell. You know, I don't think that's really written well. But anyhow, they handled it bothly. They both handled it a little different. So, um, like I said, he was in religious background, and he tried to fight it while she kind of opened up to it. Which, if you do study the paranormal or you do um, any paranormal investigations, you do know that opening yourself up necessarily isn't a great thing. I mean, to do an investigation, you have to open yourself up to an extent to be open to receive information that the spirits are trying to give you. But you can't be open to the extent where you're you're uh, prone for attack. Um, so, you know, that's kind of kind of where they were at for the, in that position and it, it it drove them out it drove them out of the house and to this day they still experience uh things in the house they live in now not to the extent of what they had at the house on second street in town but 
They do say that, um, you know, especially during October, we call it our haunted season here in town, which um, overnight tours and things like that go throughout the year. But obviously, September, October, November, it, it picks up. You get, you know, it, it, tickets are sold out pretty quick. Um, they say whenever a large group of people are in the house or they have exp- uh, things going on that and events in the house, I guess you could say, um, exp- uh, things pick up in their personal house. So whatever it is, they, they technically didn't get rid of it by leaving. They still have some sort of attachment. It's still with them, and it still connects to the house on 2nd Street. Um, and they don't like to go back to the house on 2nd Street. I mean, I mean, when they go back to the house on 2nd Street, they do get attacked. They do have obvious reactions. And they do take the stuff home with them, which it's not what they're looking for. Um, another thing to be said was um, they weren't seeking fame with this deal. I mean... We, in the early '90s, with the with the sightings and shit like that, they they weren't paid anything to do that kind of thing. Uh, to to be on TV to share their story, it, it wasn't about money. They never received any any royalties from it. Um, since then, I mean, everybody and their brother, podcast, website, books, authors, whatever you want to say, has reached out to them to try to do um, you know podcast interviews. Have tried to. Um, YouTube interviews, things like that, write a book. Um, they wrote a book uh, detailing their encounter as well, um, which I'll post a link to. That way you guys can, if you guys are interested, you guys can uh, you know, order that book and read it as well. Um, and I've talked to people. I mean, she was a paraeducator at my school in, in a middle school with me, Deborah was. Um, I actually worked at the same place as Tony before, and I've actually seen Tony and all of them. I've seen him about, out and about in town. Um, the only difference is... I mean, I don't know if they know that I'm a paranormal seeker or not, but uh, I see them. I talk to them just like they are. I, I don't bring it up. I, I, it's, it's. They've heard every question probably imaginable. Um, I'm not gonna ask them to relive that, just for my two seconds of, you know, fulfilling what I need to know about about the Sally House. Which, I mean, nothing's changed in their story. I mean, they've been, it's they've been interrogated so much. But this story, and they'd be like, well, this kind of, this varies, this varies a little bit from what you said there. Well, come on, guys. It's been 20 years. 20 years since this happened, and, and, and they get hounded all the time but by a new podcast, by a new group, by a new author. I mean, just let them be. And that's how I feel. I live in the same town with them. I just let them be. You know, if there's ever a time where we get together, we're in the same place, and Hey, let's discuss this. Let's see what's going on. Maybe investigate another place together because obviously um, during this whole process, they've learned a lot about the paranormal, a lot about themselves as well. And maybe they are able to channel or or um, you know access the, the paranormal a little bit easier than some of the other people. But um, yeah, um, the place has picked up a lot of momentum, especially um, so early 2005. Yeah, 2000. Maybe? Let's see, 2005, 2004, maybe 2004. I'll say 2004. So Ghost Hunters, you know, uh, with the Roto-Rooter guys, that was a show on sci-fi that really opened up the paranormal community. I mean, after that, I mean, now we have like umpteen paranormal shows on TV. Some of them are better than the other. Some of them have their own followers. Um, But, so since that's happened, the Sally House has gained a few uh, investigators or TV shows 
uh, of their own. Um, so one of them being a Ghost Adventures, um, which if you don't know who Ghost Adventures are, you can just turn this podcast off right now because uh, I shun you. I shun you hard. No, I'm just kidding. But Ghost Adventures, not really. I do I'm not really kidding. Just turn it off if you don't know who Ghost Adventures are. No, but anyhow, uh, Ghost Adventures uh, was there a few years back. They investigated it. It was on one of their shows. It's a, it's, it's a very enlightening, enlightening show. Um, I feel like they did a pretty good job there. Um, I reached out to Zach Baggins and Aaron Godwin of Ghost Ventures on their experiences at the Sally House, and the only response I got uh, from Zach was, uh, and I quote, uh, I'm better than you. And then he asked uh, if I thought his shirt was too tight. Uh, Aaron would only say, um, dude, run. So that's all I got from them. Um, it sucks. No. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they didn't reach back to me. Uh, so I tried. They didn't say anything. So that's how it goes. But they're doing big things now. Uh, check them out. Check out the episode if you want to. It's a good episode. Um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, they post on YouTube and on Facebook. Not on Facebook Live, but they post their YouTube link on Facebook. If you haven't checked them out, I highly recommend you do. I mean, the format and the way they attack uh, each episode in each case is ingenious. Um, Ryan Berega, or Bergera, I'm sorry, and Shane Maddige. I'm, I'm probably fucking that up. Um... So I do apologize. Um, two wonderful and great guys to work with. And the Sally House scared the shit out of Ryan Bergera. And uh, Shane just tried to mumble and justify everything as normal the entire night. Which I think deep, 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 deep downside. Like Uncle Bad Touch Deep. Um, he does he does think that the paranormal does exist. Especially from that night. But... Um, yeah, that's a Sally House. I mean, it's here in town. They do tours, hundred person a night for overnight. They do a ten dollar walking tour, which basically they open a house from X amount of, from, let's say noon till six. You can buy a ten dollar ticket, and you can go anytime you want from that time frame, and you can walk the house. They have a tour guide there, and uh, you can ask questions and take pictures and do whatever you want. Um, a lot of experiences happen in this house. Um, and what's crazy is I've had my own experiences there. I've done overnights. I've done tours. I used to work for the city or volunteer for the city doing the tour. Uh, tour. Excuse me. I about said tourgasm. I don't think tourgasm is a correct word, but I almost want to write that down. Tourgasm. Hmm. No, that's not a word or a word that I need to use right now. I used to do tours for the Sally House. And... Um, and like I said, I've also stayed a night there. I've also done my own uh, investigations there. It is a wild place. I mean, the, the energy there is just—it's—it's uh, it's unlike anything I can I can explain. I've never been there before, or I've nothing I've ever experienced before. Sorry. Um, there'll be times I unlock the door and I'll go sit there on the couch and wait for the people to show up for another 15, 20 minutes and sit there and goof off on Facebook or or whatever I'm doing. I feel like just like I'm just in a home. Other times I unlock the door and I feel like. There's no way in hell I'm walking in this house alone. And I sit outside waiting, you know, wait for other people to show up. Um, it's it, The energy there is something you just can't pinpoint. It's it, You feel that you're not alone, but you don't know what the energy belongs to. Um, myself, I've never once encountered or felt like I've encountered a small girl or a child. Um, I feel like I've encountered a woman like early four mid 40s and then an older male I'm talking like 70s 
uh, in the house. The, the the male wasn't necessarily friendly, but more of a what do you call like the old man that you kick the ball over his fence and you're too scared to go ask him if you can get it out of his yard type deal. Um, I've never felt like there was a demon. I stayed in the basement by myself for over an hour, just sitting there. Um, never had any scratches. I had one scratch that could be questionable. I mean, it's just like, mm, it wasn't definite. It was just something that, did I scratch myself or, or or what? It was just a red line on my neck. It And it just came out of nowhere. But I can't say that it was anything paranormal. Um, for me, the only thing that I can say without a doubt, but I have no idea what the fuck happened that night, was... It was a group of us. It was probably, oh, seven of us. And we are exploring the entire night. Nothing much is happening. But mind you, the house is small. Seven people in this small house trying to explore it. There's going to be noise contamination. There's, it, it's, it's very hard. I say if you have over four people in the house, the, the investigation is botched from the get-go. But anyhow, we had that group of people there, and we're going. And it was 2 o'clock. It wasn't even the... What do you call the devil's hour? Three o'clock in the morning. It was two o'clock in the morning. We decided to take a break, turn the lights on, let's go get something to drink. Whoever's going to smoke, some go outside and smoke. We're going to talk and blah, 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 and whatever it is we got to do. So literally, like, all the lights on in the house. They, they were all on. Um, go from the living room, flows into an open concept type dining room area. Then there's a door that goes to the kitchen. In the kitchen is a small bathroom. By small bathroom, I mean... Uh, like a three foot wide, wide hallway, with a toilet in it. It's it's it's, it's very weird. Um, so, I shut the door. The door is, I wouldn't say original to the house, but it's a very old door. I shut it. It doesn't doesn't shut all the way. Kind of swings open while I'm walking in. Um, I go pee, so I'm standing. I guess the side of the toilet, my back to the, to the door. Um, Ron, Ron Pridemore, or excuse me, Ron Pridemore. Uh, uh, Denise Pridemore's husband, if you don't know, I'm sure you guys probably know who Denise and Ron Pridemore are. Um, Denise has her own radio show, The Paranormal Pride. Uh, check that out. She just switched. Oh, man, she just switched um, networks. She was with Paranormal King. Pardon me once she's with iHeartRadio now. Oh, man, I will find out, too, for you guys. She does great work with her uh, radio show. So, uh, yeah, check back with me, and I will definitely find out where she's at. She just had a rough bout with... Uh, um, I'm not even sure what it was. Her lung clap. She had a biopsy done. It's not cancer. Um, man, I'm not sure what it was, but but she just she just got to the hospital. So if you guys pray or do energy, whatever you guys do, keep her in your prayers and uh, send a good energy towards her for uh, for healing. I know she needs it and she'd really appreciate it. Um, but anyhow, she and her husband were there. Ron was there, and he, me and him were kind of goofing off the entire night a little bit. You know, we play off each other. He's a really good guy. Um, uh, while I'm peeing, I thought he comes in there and he. I thought he just tugs on my my shirt, my hoodie I had on. Oh, and there is an alert for something. No, oh, I have a virus and threat protection. Thank you. Thank you, Microsoft. Anyhow, I thought he tugged on my hoodie. So I said, ha-ha, Ron, dang, you got me, whatever. And I hear him from the other room saying, what? Who are you talking to? So obviously he's nowhere near me. I turn around and I see... And Phil, I see my shirt being pulled by an unseen hand. I mean, it's just my hoodie 
being pulled away from my body by unseen hand, and I feel it. Um, I pissed all over the bathroom trying to get my pecker away, and I ran out. Uh, met Ron. He said, what's going on? I said, dude, I thought you were pulling on my shirt. Because I wasn't. I go, oh, I know. I know you weren't. I literally had to go outside and sit for a little bit. Like it, It's one thing like when you're ghost hunting and you're like, your senses are up. You're obviously your guards up because you're like sitting there, hey, where the fuck's this ghost at? Let's let's do this. You know, that's what you're looking for. Your senses are up. Your guards up. You're in that. You're in that mode. But obviously, turn the lights on. We're up, we're on break. I'm not. We're not even talking about ghosts. We're talking about. I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. People aren't even in the house anymore. We're just doing whatever. And I'm sitting there taking a piss. A very vulnerable moment for me, by the way. And that happens. So. It's pretty well. Um, other things have happened in the house too. Um, I do know the owners of the house, um, and they have both expressed, although they are not like full believers of the paranormal, they 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 will do they they do. Fuck me, man. My tongue is too big for my mouth. Maybe I'm not for sure. Anyhow, they do tell me about incidents. <laughs> God damn it! Can't talk. I do know the owners of the house, and I have talked to them before about the, the paranormal stuff. And they're not believers, but they do go into detail about things that have happened to them before in the house and how they're not ready to say it's paranormal. But I'm not going to press the issue with them because let them believe what they want to believe. It's one of those deals where I'm not going to throw it down your throat. Don't throw your beliefs down my throat type deal. So... Um, but I've ha- I I have had other people, you know, share their experiences with me, which have been mm, outlandish, um, wild. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, that's the words. Like it's like one guy will tell me, "Dude, I was downstairs and I was like EVP." Uh, I was like, is there a demon? And this demon was like, yes, get the fuck out. So I was like, I was getting the fuck out. I was running, and all the blinds rolled up in the windows, and then the windows burst out, and the glass shattered everywhere, and I was like running out with my hands covered my face, so I didn't get glass in my eyes, and I ran out, and I never went back in. I was like, I don't think that happened. He was like, yeah, I did. But then again, you paranormal is all theoretical. It's all based on personal experiences, and we're all trying to gather information, put it all in this one big cesspool, and we're just going to pick out what we want to believe, what we don't want to believe, obviously. You know, so when I get things like that, I look at the house of how many times I've been there, I'm like, first of all, that has never happened to me. That's, that's never remotely happened to me. And second of all, when you're watching the TV shows, and you're watching all this stuff, and you talk to the people who've had these experiences, these outlandish experiences, why do they all have three teeth or a limp? Like, why can't these why can't these experiences have like normal people, like a C, CEO of a company, or even like the general manager, not general manager, or even like the, the manager, the sacky manager of, of a raised apple market grocery store. Like these all just happen to people who are just got a rehab, or you know, or they just found walking drunk down the street. Yeah, I got a fucking story to tell. Yeah, I got damn blinds and a goddamn ghost came out and jerked me off and charged me five dollars. That's wild. None of these stories ever happened to me or any of the people that I know that I trust wholeheartedly. I mean, these things that you show on TV, guys have three teeth and a limp. Like, what the hell? Do ghosts only attack or show themselves people who are just like dirty? 
or what I, mean, I don't I mean it's not even the best way to say it but I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say a little bit because I don't know I don't know people with three please I mean I guess they uh they're just hard to believe they're just hard to believe if you have three teeth and a limp you tell me a ghost story I'm not gonna believe it I'm like no nope, that didn't happen you're full of shit but uh with that, that's the Sally House right there, guys. I mean, that is it. Um, right now, they're doing a lot of tours. It's haunted season, like I said, in Atchison. It's $100 a night per person. They do have some uh, walking tours. You have to contact the Atchison Chamber of Commerce. Um, I'll try to post that for you, too. And hopefully, I get this edited and up to you guys. And again, I'll be in Velisca X Murder House this week. And chances are, that's probably what I'll be talking about as well. If not, um, I will put up on Twitter and Facebook of what topic you guys want to hear next so please subscribe please comment either on facebook twitter or the platform i'm using let me know how i'm doing let me know what i could do better let me know what you like let me know what you dislike um again this show is only for you guys um i do enjoy doing it i do have a great time doing it but i want to make it enjoyable for you i want you guys to um guide my hand let me know what you guys want to hear and what i'm doing wrong so, again, um, you know, bitch slap me around a little bit. Let me know what's up. So, with that, I'll check you guys later. And thanks for jumping down the rabbit hole and joining the end zone. I'll holler at you later.